If you feel it, you know it. D-Rock Productions. Sports Talk with D-Rock. What's up? What's up? Yo, it's the Ace Town Breakdown, baby. And it's game six tonight. Astros, what are you going to do? Who knows? I don't know. Because honestly, I don't even want to leave a prediction on this one. But I'm hoping for the best for the Astros. I'm hoping they win tonight at home. There's no way that you let Atlanta come back to Houston and defeat you on your home turf. No way. We got to keep it that way. We got to break it down. Show them who... Who boss? H-Town know what it is. Baby, I'm riding with them Astros tonight. And hopefully we can get it done. I'm looking forward to this Luis Garcia and Max Freed matchup. You know, last time that we uh, faced off against Max Freed, um, we got the W. But the last time they faced off against Luis Garcia, they got the W. So, um, Garcia coming off some short rest. We got to see what he brings. Max Reed coming back for redemption. We got to see what he's going to do. I'm really hoping that the Astros can pull this off tonight, man. Uh, by the way, we back in, in the American League standings uh, as far as, you know, rules and regulations. So Astros are back with the ability to have a DH, and the DH tonight will be Alvarez. Hopefully, Alvarez can pick up his game. I'm going to go ahead and run through the hidden lineup for the Astros. Um, Altuve will be batting first. Brantley second, Correa third, Alvarez fourth, Guriel at fifth, Tucker sixth, Bregman seventh, Siri ninth, I mean uh, eighth, and ninth is Maldonado. And then on the Atlanta side, we got Rosario batting first, Soler, Freeman, Riley, Duvall, Peterson, Albies, Arnard, or Denard, I don't know how you say his name, and then we got Swanson. Bad ninth. So, with that lineup, I'm hoping that the Astros can get it done. Back with the ability to do, you know, have a DH. And also, uh, coming home, having a day off, uh, rest for travel. And having the ability to make some adjustments. Get your, your swing right. Get things together. Figure out what you've been messing up on. Uh, read up more on these pitchers. See what they pitching to you. See what they like to pitch, you know. Uh two different players and those are the analytical parts of the game that you have to follow uh besides that i think dusty baker can make good decisions hopefully he don't make no no bonehead decisions tonight if garcia is rolling and he's doing good keep him in there and until you have to go to your bullpen because ho hopefully garcia can give us four innings of pitching with no runs um at the worst hopefully you know he give up one run and it's just a solo but um Hopefully he can pitch four game. I mean four innings, and we can get at least three runs in with that, and hold down Atlanta. And then hopefully you know as we move into the bullpen, for us we can blow it open against Atlanta. Um, and it would be great to get the bats rolling tonight. You know, or at least get somebody going. 
And you got to look at it. Altuve hasn't done much. Brantley hasn't done much. Correa hasn't done much. And Alvarez has been cold since he's came into the series. So them four, and really even Guriel, none of the, the four, the, the main core of the four, have not done anything. So that being said, you know Correa got to come through. Altuve got to come through. Brantley is a damn solid hitter. He's got to come through. And I'm not going to really talk about Bregman because, to be honest, Bregman has upset me every year in the postseason. So my expectations for Bregman is pretty low. But it would be amazing him batting seventh to get us a good uh, RBI or something going, you know. Uh, so hopefully Bregman alone can just pull up his spirit and, and just go out there and ball, bro. They got a ball tonight, and, and they got a ball even harder going into game seven if they win tonight. So, hopefully, that's what we get out of this uh, Astros and Braves series. I love to see my Astros take the dub, but to be honest, I'm going to go ahead and say the Braves going to win tonight. And I'm saying that because every time I've said the Astros was going to win, they lose. I said Astros in six, and right now it's looking like Braves in six. So, we're going to see where this goes. We're going to see where things take us. But I'm hoping that the Astros can pull it out. But like I said, Braves going to win. All right. Moving on. Got to talk about them Houston Texans, man. Uh, this week's performance was the worst performance I've ever seen. I mean, ever seen from the Houston Texans. At this point, I'm not even mad anymore. I, I'm over it, man. I'm over whatever the Texans are doing over there in that organization. By the way, the trade deadline ended today, and the Texans decided to trade Charles Aminahu. Um, They traded Charles to the 49ers, and they got like a six-round pick, which is horrible. I mean, I feel like he's young enough, and he got enough talent, raw talent at that, to at least command a fourth or fifth pick, you know, at the worst. So... I'm not saying that they was going to get a second-round pick. He ain't that good. He ain't proved that much. But he did have a good season last year. And I think just based off of that, he should have commanded more than a six-round pick or whatever they got for him. Um, but, by the way, the Houston Texans was down 38-0 to zero in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, they finally had scored a touchdown against against. LA's first team defense. Rex Burkhead got a one yard touchdown and the Texans scored. The Texans scored for the first time in like two or three weeks a touchdown. That is disappointing, man. It is just sad. I like I said, I've never seen a, a team uh that just have been that bad and not being able to compete. Like I've never seen a team that non competitive. Like, it's just it's garbage. Now, the good thing is, uh, after the first touchdown in the fourth quarter, they got a little spark. They did an onside kick. They got another touchdown. So, it was 14-38, and then they they end up getting the ball again, and they got a two-point two point conversion on the, on the next touchdown, and this final score was 38-22. But it was garbage time. So, how much credit can you really give them? None, because at the – at the uh, at the final, if you want to be honest, the game was 38-0. It was 38-0, 38 skunk. 
there was no chance the Texans was going to do anything. And it didn't look uh, good at all. It didn't look like they was trying to get anything done or, you know, just stay competitive anyways. Now, there's one thing I'm happy about in this game is that Scotty Phillips got some touches, but he only got five carries, which is ridiculous, right? Five carries, 11 yards, and that was it. Um, there's not really a lot to say. Philip Lindsay touched the ball. Rex Burkhead touched the ball. David Johnson, they all touched it. But they only ran the ball 14 times for a team that was so committed to the run game, right? And yet they let Davis Mills throw 38 passes. It's really ridiculous. He got sacked five times, unfortunately. I mean, they was just on a tear against Davis Mills. They was tearing him up. Now, I know a lot of people was going to keep saying, negative things about Davis this and Davis that. And, yeah, of course, you know, their chances of winning is probably a little bit better with Tyrod Taylor because Tyrod is more of a mobile quarterback, and he's been in the league for, what, 10 or 11 years. So he's just going to know the game a little bit better, and the game is going to move a whole lot slower for him. But Davis Mills hasn't been bad, and I'm going to keep saying that. He hasn't been bad with what he's been given. You really can't evaluate what Davis Mills is or can be until they get some more pieces around him. All these other rookie quarterbacks that's out there, they have better pieces than Davis Mills. They have better organizations that's looking towards being competitive versus the Texans. They're not trying to compete at all. They're tanking at this point, in my opinion, and uh, I'm tired of David Culley's uh, same excuses week in and week out. He always blames himself. He always said, oh, we got to coach better. We got to coach better. We got to do this better. Like, how many things do you have to do better and that you're not improving on uh, week in and week out? Like, are y'all really practicing? Because to me, when I look at the game, it doesn't look like y'all practicing, you know. And honestly, when Brandon Cook scored his touchdown, it almost looked like he was just, like, you know, in a mode of, like, wow, why did I even do this? Like, I can't believe I did this. It was like a disgrace to him to score a touchdown, you know. But, you know, I like what Nico Collins is doing. He's really proven to be better than just that third-round pick that we drafted him for. And that that seems like something that can be a highlight of, of this team, you know, moving forward. Him, Davis Mills, getting a connection. Hopefully, Scotty Phillips continue to get more carries, and we can see more of him. Brevin Jordan stepped up today. He got some PT, and he got in the end zone as well. So, like I said, some of these young rookies that we got, man, uh, they're looking like they might be part of the future of the Texans, you know. They're looking like they might be someone that we can depend on, and I hope that is true because all this stuff about culture is not really true because you can't be talking about culture if you're getting rid of your culture guys like Mark Ingram and stuff and then you're the face of your franchise right now and, and Brandon Cooks is upset. But one thing I give about Brandon, he's a standout guy. He still went out there and he proved that he's a good receiver. He got he has six receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown. So you got to respect what Brandon Cooks does every day, week in and week out. Justin Reed is another guy. You got to wonder what he's going to do. Um, surprisingly, man, they had a lot of people – you know, at this trade deadline, if they could have got value back for some of these guys that's on these one-year deals, they could have sent away uh, or on their last year, their deal, you know, you, you would think that they would probably, you know, ship them out. But some of these guys, 
you just can't get nothing for it. Like Lonnie Johnson, you you have to question like, can the Texans really get something for him? Because every time you look up, he's getting burnt. You know how how are you in the backfield playing safety and you're already deep and you're letting somebody run right by you? You know, so those are things that you have to really look at and question about what the Texans are doing uh, as a franchise, as a team, and who who they're going to be uh, moving on with Ford and, and leaving behind. Well, there's one thing for sure. The trade deadline ended, and one player that they will be moving on with is Deshaun Watson. After all this talk about Deshaun going to the Dolphins and being traded to them, it has come out that the Dolphins are not interested at this moment, um, mostly because of all the allegations that's against Deshaun and his settling in the courts. And also, I just think that the Texans are going to stay put and really grasp what kind of value they can get for Deshaun. Now, the the value for Deshaun can go up or down, depending, moving forward. But it's clear that Deshaun will not play football this year of 2021. And he will be sitting at home looking at the Super Bowl and all those things until around um, the offseason time where you can start trading players again. Because until then, Deshaun will be a Texan, and he'll be unhappy, uh, and he'll continue to bring that cloud over the organization, and the organization will be, continue to bring clouds to him. So good luck with uh, being a Texan at this point. It's, it's really downright depressing being a Texan fan and being an athlete for the Texans. I can tell you that as a fan. So... With the Texans making the moves they've made, hopefully um, we just get to see something of of, uh, a culture shock against the Dolphins this week. Because we got two 1-7 teams going up against each other in Miami. The team that Deshaun wants to play for that has the same exact record. And I don't really see no upside in the city of Miami that really you know, can really say Miami does better than Houston. So, I don't know. You let me know what's the difference. But uh, looking at this matchup, they say Miami is 73.6% uh, ahead of the Texans in having a chance to win this week. Um, I can believe that. I don't believe that Miami will blow the Texans out, but I do believe they might chip away and get the victory. The spread is only six and a half, and usually, you know, lately when you're betting betting um, for the Texans, you're wrong. So you better bet against the Texans, bet that they will uh, get beat by more than six and a half points. That's for sure. Looking at the last five games that Miami has played, they have taken on Buffalo recently with a loss 26-11, Atlanta 30-28. Jacksonville 23 to 20, Tampa 45-17, Indiana 27-17. And you look at the Texans side, Buffalo, well, most recently, the Rams 38 to 22, Arizona 31 to 5, Indiana 31 to 3, New England 25-22, Buffalo 40 to 0. When you look at those those points, I'm going to definitely ride with the Dolphins. Even though the Dolphins only average three more points in a game than the Texans. 
and they only allow one less point per game than the Texans. But the thing is, the difference between the Texans and Dolphins, the Dolphins' defense is just not good, right? But they're still trying. They're trying to compete. The Texans, on the other hand, I don't see that competitive nature in them to really be trying to compete. Now, another thing I want to look at, Davis Mills and Tua Tagalovia is pretty similar when it comes down to the stats. You're looking at Davis Mills, he got 1,300 yards passing, 7 TDs and 8 picks, and Tua has 1,040 yards passing and 7 TDs and 5 picks. Yeah, he's a little bit better in the ratio department, but can you really say he's that much better than Davis Mills? And look what Davis Mills is dealing with. And Tua even even had, what, a game or two off. So he might have thrown for more yards per game. But he got better receivers. He got better offensive weapons and more. So you got a question. How bad is really Davis Mills? And we already know Tua is not as good as they probably think he should be. But looking at the big picture, Davis Mills is really not that bad. But anyways... Dolphins will take the win because the Texans are trying to get that first-round pick overall, uh, first pick overall, and they want to make sure the Dolphins are not ahead of them to get your boy out of Oregon. I promise you. That's the best player out there. If you ain't getting buddy boy from Oregon, what else is there to really get? Because there's no quarterbacks. Now, Switching over to basketball, we got to talk about them Houston Rockets. The Rockets always come in and deliver. Never disappoint, right? Yeah, right. That's a lie. But you know what? They're a young team, man. And uh, last game, they, they didn't fare well against the Lakers, but they only lost by 10 points. I didn't watch the whole game uh, because I already seen that it was a, a nasty blowout. But um, in this game, the Lakers are favored by 68.6% to win this game against the Rockets tonight. Rockets and Lakers take off at 9.30 Central Time in L.A. And um, you got to wonder who's going to step up for the Rockets. J.G. is due for a game. J.G. hasn't showed up in weeks, so you got to wonder, will he hit a couple shots tonight? Will he score 20 points tonight? Can he give us some assists? Can KPJ control the ball and stop turning it over so many times? Um can Christian Wood play better defense and still put up 20? You know, those are the questions you got to have for this team. Jay Sean Tate, he never disappoints to me because I already know what to expect from him, you know. But those other guys, I have a big question mark above them. Daniel Tice, I like the player he is, but I don't think he belongs on this Rockets team right now. They need someone that's longer, lanky, and that can block shots. And he don't, the person they need don't even really have to have a shot. They need somebody that can just play defense, play in the paint, and dunk the ball, block some shots, and that's it. Clearly. If you look at this team, week in and week out, they need a big, they can run pick, pick and roll with, block shots, slide left and right, and hold it down. And that's what the Rockets will need moving forward. 
beyond that, they need a real true point guard because I don't think KPJ is a true point. He's a true two guard. But, you know, they're experimenting, trying to see if KPJ and Jalen Green can play next to each other. At this point, I don't think they can play next to each other because Jalen Green is still finding himself as I look at him. And uh, KPJ still kind of plays dominant to the ball, but he got to learn how to pass it and move it around without allowing the ball to get loose and go into the other team's hands. So those are things that the Rockets have to prove on beyond them being young. It's going to take them a while to develop, um, give them about 25 games to see where they're at. Honestly, at this point, I don't really see that late playoff seed or, you know, play-in game right now for the Rockets. I know my boy Ricky keeps shouting them out saying they're going to be good. They're going to be good. They might be, but it won't be this season. Like I keep saying, future is bright, but it is not near. And the Rockets going to have to keep fighting and working on that, man. Seriously. Moving on, baby. You already know what I got to talk about. The granddaddy of them all. The Houston Cougars, baby, got that W on Saturday night. And they beat SMU, ranked number 19 SMU. At that, uh, Houston got the victory, 44-37. Man, it was an amazing game. I was there. Hey, I was disappointed in the amount of people that showed up. People, 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 y'all got to show up and show out for the Houston Cougars. We're going to the Big 12, and people are looking at that, and they're evaluating how many people show up. It says here that only 25,676 people showed up for a max capacity of 40 grand. So I need y'all to show up, man. I need y'all to be there and be loud. Now, I will give you that. Y'all was loud for the 25K that showed up, and the Houston Cougars didn't disappoint Dana Hogerson, I'm liking what you're doing. You're finally turning this program around. I know you did inherit some crap, but I got to keep seeing that that curve go up, man. I got to keep seeing you do good things for Houston because that's what I'm looking forward to. For sure, for sure. Moving on. The Houston Cougars will be facing South Florida Bulls this week. And they will be going down to South Florida in Tampa and taking them on. When you look at this game, man, Houston should easily run away with this game. It's an 82.3% favor going towards Houston to win this game versus SMU 17.7%. But, you know, teams have those games where they have a lot of success and then all of a sudden you got that, that one game, man, you just you, you just be struggling, struggling, struggling. And I don't know if it's going to be this game, but this definitely a game that Houston have to watch out for as they continue to move up. Because now, after we've upset teams like SMU, now we're one of the teams that teams are going to, you know, play up for and try to upset us. Houston is 7-1, and one, South Florida 2-6. and six. Hopefully, Houston can move on and get this 8-1, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Moving on from that, you already know, it's just more and more... Uh, success coming on from this Houston area. We got the Texas A&M Aggies going up against Auburn this week. And Auburn is ranked number 13, and the Aggies are, are ranked 14. And the good thing about this game, man, is this game will take place in Bryant College Station. And the Aggies are favored to win this game 62.7% versus Auburn 37.3%. 
Now, I don't really agree with all the rating stuff, you know, the percentage stuff, because these teams are pretty closely rated, and that means they're pretty close in what they have on the field and on paper. And you got to look at what Texas A&M has done ever since they beat Alabama, and you also got to kind of look at what Auburn has done in their last five games. Auburn has beat some, some good teams. They beat Arkansas. They beat Ole Miss. Uh, they got beat bad by Georgia, but they beat LSU, which is not good. Georgia State, which is not good. In the, in the following games for A&M, they've beat uh, Alabama and Mizzou, South Carolina. Um, they've dominated those games. And not to say those teams are very, very good, but they're still SEC teams. And this is going to be a big SEC matchup as A&M continues to try to trump um, – these other teams in that SEC, and this just might be A&M year. If they keep winning out, hey, look out, Alabama. Hey, look out, Georgia. Here come A&M, and hopefully A&M can pull this game off and keep moving forward. The Rice Owls, man, they, they've been balling, but um, unfortunately this week they weren't balling hard enough. They lost to North Texas this week, 30-24. to Very, very disappointing, but looking forward they will be taking on a team that they should be able to dominate this week in, in the Charlotte 49ers. I know the matchup predictor might say the 49ers should win, but I'm riding for the Rice Owls, baby. Rice will go to Charlotte and get this W. And the spread is six points, and I think Rice can definitely cover it and get the W. Because looking at who the 49ers have defeated lately, they haven't really been winning much. Uh, the last two games they have lost. They lost to Western Kentucky. They've lost to Florida Atlantic. And Rice has only lost one game. And I think Rice is finally getting on the right path for success. And with that being said, I don't think this 49ers team is going to be too much better than Rice. And I think Rice might be able to hold up the Charlotte 49ers and get a W. But... Now, let's talk about my TSU Tigers. My TSU Tigers, man, they got a W last week. They beat Arkansas at Pine Bluff 59-17. Now, you know how bad I talk about TSU. This game right here clearly, clearly stated that there's trash and then there's ass. And Arkansas at Pine Bluff is ass. TSU is just trash, okay? Now, next week, TSU will be taking on Jackson State. And you know who's over there at Jackson State, right? You got your boy Deion over there, man. Deion Sanders and Jackson State is 7-1. This is going to be a nice smash-mouth football game for the bands, at least, uh, for the TSU because they just don't have no chance at being a Deion Sanders-ran coach team because – Deion Sanders has the resources, and TSU just doesn't. And you look at Jackson State last five games, they have won them all. TSU uh, recently coming off a win, but they just don't have enough. They just don't have enough to beat Jackson State. And this game is going to be a clear blowout. The way TSU blew out Arkansas Pine Bluff, get ready for Jackson State to beat TSU down like that like a 59-17 score because that's all we're going to really see in this game 
And it's it's really bad to say that, man, because I feel like TSU is right in the middle of everything. You're right in the hood. You're next to U of H. Uh, them schools should just be dominating the third world area, man. Like, they should be pulling all the athletes, especially the ones that don't want to go to UT or that can't go to UT or can't go to U of H. They should go straight to TSU. But TSU has to present itself better as a program and as a school. And from there, they will change. Hey, black athletes, go to TSU. Houston area athletes, go to TSU. Get them your two gears, man. Put TSU on the map. Get them right. You see the basketball program? They're doing it right. Get it right in the football program. It's always right in the, in the band. Ocean of Soul, baby. Y'all know what it is. The Sam Houston Bearcats. Balling and balling and balling more. They can't stop balling. They undefeated. They 7-0. and And the next game, they will be going up against Dixie State. Don't ask me what Dixie State is, but I'll tell you where this game is. This game will be taking place at Sam Houston University. And Sam Houston University will dominate this team. Dixie State is an 0-8 team. Sam Houston is a 7-0 and team. And they're going to run away with this victory easily. Because as I look at the last five games that Dixie State has taken, um, they have taken all losses. And they've, talked, they've taken bad losses. And I'm talking about, man, they lost to Tarleton, 41-20. And you look at what uh, Sam Houston State has done. They've beat Tarleton, 45-27. That right there goes to show that Tarleton is not very good. But Dixie State is ass. And that's all I got to say about that, people. PV. PV still out here stunning, man. They doing good. They beating up boys. And, man, they just beat a Southern team 48-21. to And you know what? The next week they'll be taking on Alabama State. PV 6-1. and Alabama State 3-4. and And looking at the matchup, Alabama State don't really have much of a chance. But you never know. A 3-4 and four team can always rise up and somehow pull out a, a victory. But I don't see it happening. Not at PV. Not in front of that 15,000 uh, crowd capacity that's going to be there. Alabama State just doesn't have a chance in this game. And I'm just going to keep riding that wave, people. You got to ride that wave. And, hey, oh, one more update. The Houston Dynamo. We'll be taking on Montreal. And the chances of Houston winning this game, who's to really say? But Montreal is not that great of a team. Houston's not that great of a team. By the way, Houston lost their last game. Um, and it's not a surprise. I, I told you guys that Houston was going to lose that Colorado game. But Montreal, they could pull it off against them. You know, because... Montreal is the, at the bottom of the Eastern Conference when we talk about standings. And although Houston Dynamo is at the bottom of their conference in the Western, I think they have enough talent to get the victory against Montreal. And I hope that the Dynamo can figure it out. Dynamo, man. I don't know what happened to this organization I don't know who's running this organization now. I know they've changed owners, but we got to get back on the right path. We have to. Now, looking at the head-to-head record 
against the CF Montreal team, the Houston Dynamo have pretty much split with them. Um, I would say that Dynamo is leading 3-2, to two, but based on that, Houston Dynamo won last um, in 2019, and them facing off now in 2021, hopefully the Dynamo have a little bit more talent than them, and there's not an even split. So, let's go Dynamo. And with that being said, people, thank you for listening to another STWD episode. And it's the H-Town Breakdown. You know how it goes. Also, people, if you have anything on your mind, if you're having a mental issue, reach out to somebody. Talk to somebody. Call the hotline. Get some love, man. And if you need a shout-out, let your boy D-Raw know. So I can show love and make you happy. Change your mind about anything that you may have been thinking. People, it's a lot of things going on out here. And we got to get it together. If you're struggling at work, take you a mental health day. Get it together. Let's not, let's not take ourselves out. Let's show ourselves love and show everybody else love. And thank you for listening. What's talk with me, Ross?